March Madness is around the corner, and as you fill out your bracket and watch the tournament this year, there are a few retirement planning lessons you might get to learn along the way, and we're going to talk about that here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, gang, welcome into the podcast once again with Mike and myself here to talk investing, finance, and retirement, and a little retirement bracketology, money lessons we can hopefully maybe, I don't know, kind of correlate with our March Madness bracket if you're into that sort of thing. And if you're not, you can probably still pick up a useful nugget or two of information from this episode. So welcome in, hang out with us here on the show. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well, wrapping up February, getting ready to hit March and spring. And as you alluded to, March Madness. Uh, so big things ahead. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about uh, that and kind of, are you a big fan, by the way? Are you, do you do the brackets and the various different things? I do. Yeah. I love college basketball. So whether it's the Tar Heels or my Creighton Blue Jays, uh, you know, both doing well this year. So I still got a okay. horse in the game. A little horse. All right. All right. So let's talk about uh, kind of merging these two worlds a little bit, predicting some outcomes. Uh, if you're like most people, right, when you finish filling out your bracket, you're usually kind of confident that you've made some solid picks. You're like, yeah, this looks good this year. right? I feel good about this. But inevitably, by the first weekend, right, <laughs> what happens to most of us, you're probably blown all apart. Uh, so give me kind of the financial spin here, bud. Yeah, no, that's exactly how my brackets are. I, I lose two final four teams in the first weekend. So, you know, <laughs> usually the, the, the beginning and the end of the bracket are about the same day. Uh, so a, as it relates, when you talk about predicting outcomes, it's no different with retirement planning, right? It's important that you have things mapped out. That's why we call ours a retirement success blueprint. It's a blueprint on how to proceed going forward, not just for next year, but the next three, the next five, the next 20. But it's just as important to also make sure that it's fluid enough so you can adapt, you can anticipate that you're keeping an eye on things like the changing economy, inflation, interest rates, and then adjusting accordingly. So anything that you didn't expect, but you see kind of coming down the pipeline, that's kind of what working with a true financial professional will do for you. Okay. All right. So, you know, thinking about those predicting outcomes and, you know, we, we're all having fun with that and we're kind of trying to predict our retirement, but you also want some, you know, some surety in there as well. Uh, let's talk about upsets, even though that's still going to frustrate me here. We're probably about a week or so, maybe two weeks removed from the Super Bowl, and my Lions should have been in it, but they uh, they were kind of the Cinderella story of the NFL this year, and uh, certainly they got upset, uh, which was a bummer, but I, I guess they weren't probably... I guess they weren't favored to go the whole way. So I guess in maybe that case, they weren't an upset. But either way, it happens all the time in sports in general, right? There's the Cinderella story. There's that feel good. There's like, oh, everybody's rooting for him. You know, and sometimes they actually really knock off some big dogs. And that kind of really changes those brackets as well. So, you know, what are we looking at here from a financial standpoint, like a, a Cinderella story or an upset? Where do you kind of take this one? Yeah, on the upset side, it could really go a couple different ways, and and one of it is yes, it, it's exciting for one half the side, and you know, devastating for for the other end of it. Right. And on the on the financial world, that's where you look at there's winners and losers, right? So if if somebody's selling during a market crash, that also means that somebody's buying as well. So if there's a market crash out there, it might be bad for some people and some people panicking, but it might be good for some people on the other side being like, I've been waiting for this to come in because I know one, two, three years from now I'm going to get rewarded for it mm. by being patient on that. 
Think about rising interest rates. Some people got crushed the last couple of years when the Fed went from zero to five percent in interest rates. So they, you know, got all worried about their bonds because the bond values were dropping. Yet today, you've got people going in buying good bonds for eighty cents on the dollar, and they're they're going to get rewarded for it with their patience. So with the upsets and the things that happen out there, you just need to make sure that you understand in the context of your portfolio how do you minimize the big losses, the big upsets. You know, so if you're, if you're the number one seed, you don't get knocked off by the sixteenth seed so that you can continue to live fight a day and take advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. I like that. It's a good way to break that down. All right. So do you pick your favorite team to win at all? Right. I mean, I think most of us as sports fans, if we have a true favorite, then, you know, if we're like a hardcore of any one particular, you know, team, we're going to pick those to win at all. But do you do that even if you know your team doesn't really have a real shot? That's kind of an interesting way to think about this, too, from a financial standpoint. It's like, all right, look, you know, you mentioned Tar Heels, for example, down here in North Carolina. My brother's going to pick them to go, you know, because that's his favorite team. But let's just say they were mediocre. Is that the right pick to, you know, kind of win it all and put uh, all your winnings or all your money on the table, so to speak? And, and do you do that financially? A lot of people do. Yeah, for for my bracket, yes. That we always we always start out and be like, okay, I'm not going to play favorites. I'm just going to go here. I'm going to pick the best team and go through. And invariably, much like your brother, mm-hmm. North Carolina win, wins it all. Even if they were a 12 seed, wouldn't matter. They're still going to win it all. Uh, but now, how that applies on the financial side of it is that you know, so coming from the Chicago area, there's some you know a lot of big Fortune 500 companies here to name a few, like Motorola, AbbVie, which is the Abbott Lab spinoff. There's a lot of huge companies that are in this area. And it's not uncommon for me to be sitting down with somebody as they're getting close or they're even in retirement. And all of a sudden I look and 30, 40, 60, 70% of their money is in company stock. You know, so now that may have done well for them and that's who provided the paycheck for them. But the first question I'll ask them is, are you in love with the company or are you in love with the number of shares that you have? Because right yeah. now you're just picking your favorite team, right? And you're just hoping that it works out. But that may not be a very prudent strategy once the paycheck stops. So you got to be very careful about, you know, leaning on any one specific overconcentration or even just being overconfident that you think that, you know, one strategy is going to blow past another. Yeah. And you don't want to go risky picks necessarily either when you're talking about bracketology or just your financial strategy. Like you wouldn't certainly just fill it out and say, you know, I'm picking the all the number ones to crap out. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with all the underdogs all the way across the board. That's probably not smart either. No, agreed. And I think on the risky pick side of it, it's, and it goes back to, I may have mentioned it earlier, if not, it was probably in the last uh, podcast that we did, is that with a lot of our clients have been really good savers, right? They work hard, head down, they've been good savers, they've had some good luck with the markets in the last 20 plus years. So now they've accumulated enough. So really the conversation that we have is if you've won the game, stop playing the game, right? Stop being so aggressive at this stage of your life if you don't need to. And and how that really plays out in the real world is if you got a million, two million dollars and that can generate enough income for you to last the rest of your life, leave the legacy that you want, there's no reason you need to have 70, 80, 90, 100% of your money in the market taking all this risk, taking all this chance. Because as an example, you know, you got $2 million and the market goes up 20%. You're crazy aggressive. So now you got 2.4. Well, that's not going to really change, right? You're not going to go out and buy another boat just because you (laughs) happen to have a good year in the market. But if you lose 20% and now you lose $400,000 of money just one year, just because of a 20% decline, you're going to start squirming in the seat a little bit. You understand the markets are going to come back, but you're also kind of sweating it out at that point. So there's no reason to take more risk than you need to at that stage of your life. Yeah. And really kind of what we're talking about here, all these things kind of bring us into the normal emotional decision conversation, right? So whether we're talking bracketology or we're talking our retirement, 
So, you know, we mentioned North Carolina, so we'll just go with this. You probably, if you're a big North Carolina fan, will probably go against Duke no matter how where they're at, right? Duke is the worst, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go again. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I put them to fail, you know, regardless. Even if, like, they're the absolute clear-cut best team, you'll probably still, you know, pick against them. And that's our emotions kind of factoring in. If you're trying to actually win your bracket, that's probably not the smart decision. And let's just say in this hypothetical, Duke was the clear best team in, in the uh, – in the bracket, what do you do, right? Do you go against your emotions or do you do you act emotionally? And a lot of times financially, people will certainly act emotionally. And I, I, granted, I know these things are completely different, Mike, but it's, a, it's an interesting way to think about it because our emotions will dictate so much stuff of what we do from the littlest things like playing with a bracket all the way up to our finance. No, I agree. Now, I'm going to give you two different examples, one from our practice and one from an actual uh, uh, scientific research that's published every year. Uh, so, you know, for the last 20 years, the return of the stock market over the last 20 years has been approximately 13%. Um, so, you know, plus or minus a little bit, depending on which indexes you're looking at, but we've had a really good run up until 2022. So say 13% ahead of the, you know, long-term averages. Right. But Dalbar does a study every year and they do a rolling 20, 25 years. And they say, okay, the markets did this, bonds did this, you know, kind of just, just say, this is what the unmanaged indexes do. What did the average retail investor average over that time frame? And remember, the markets are up double digit, even a 60-40 kind of balanced portfolio, uh, unmanaged, you know, just S&P 500 and bonds and that would have been up eight point something. The average retail investor was up 4.7% on average. Hmm. Why is that? Because they make emotional decisions at the wrong time. When everything's going high and we're hitting new market highs, they just want to keep throwing more money in because it feels good. When things are falling apart, they want to sell because it feels bad. So they want to get out of that. So it is truly nothing more than an emotional decision, even though cognitively they understand that if the market sold off 20, 25%, and average bear market's 28 so they're probably closer to the bottom. It's a better time to buy than sell, yet they do the entire opposite. And I'll give you in our practice. Every single week when I meet with new prospective clients that come in from the podcast, the radio show, some from our workshops, there is at least one family every single time. And I don't fault them for this, but it just builds the point here. We're here in 2024. Our conversation will begin something with, tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of how you got where you are. Doesn't matter whether they've got 500,000 or 5 million. And the conversation will, someone will always start with, well, you know what, things were going good. But then back in 2008... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, in realizing that's 16 years ago, yeah. right? Or back in 2000, when the tech market crashed, that was 24 years ago. Yeah. And it's not that that did not have a big impact on somebody, right? Financially at that time, but you were also 15, 20 years younger at that time with plenty of time to make up in what was going to be the second best bull market in history. But instead, it was the decisions that were made going to cash and then staying in cash for six or eight years thereafter, right? Because that's just not knowing it's easy to get out, but it's not easy to know when to get back in. Mm -hmm. Those kind of decisions can be life-altering financial decisions. And then that's where you got to avoid the emotional decisions. And sometimes you just need a steady hand at the wheel. And that's really where the relationship comes in with an advisor. Well, and basically, I mean, that's the part of the brain sometimes that's good and bad, right? You got snake bit. You got bit, basically, right? And there's those folks that say things like that. And now they're what's what we refer to as snake bit, right? They're just afraid to, 
you know, do too much, right? And so the brain sometimes has this great ability to help protect us, but it also sometimes gets in our own way and causes us issues. So uh, great points for sure. Well, let's wrap it up with this last little piece here. So just like your bracket's probably not going to go the way you, what is it? I think every year a couple companies do something like if you have the exact bracket all the way to the T, you can win a million dollars or something like that. And, you know, hardly anybody even gets close because their brackets just get blown apart by surprising events and surprising elements along the way. Well, that's life, right? I mean, that's exactly what retirement's still going to bring. Let's not forget that even though we've worked hard, raised a family and all the crazy things that come with that, we don't just get to retirement and there's like some sort of uh, bubble around us where we're like, sweet, no more problems <laughs> until I check out. It doesn't work that way, right? Life is always going to throw us surprises. No, it is. And even when we do financial plans, we call it retirement success blueprint. When we do financial plans for clients, we'll get to it. We'll show them exactly where their income, what we would do at a healthcare event, how we're going to you know, leave the legacy we want, make sure we get the right estate planning documents in place not take too much risk of, you know, minimize the amount of taxes. All these things are all built into that blueprint. And clients just, you know, just relaxation. I said, okay, now let me tell you the bad part, right? So they're all excited about the plan going forward. This whole thing is fact based on fiction. And and what I mean by that is we start off with all these assumptions and then life happens. It's like the Mike Tyson quote, right? You know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And it's the same thing even with your financial plan. So even if you're, you know, the only 10% in the country that's actually done a financial plan with a fiduciary advisor, even if you have the plan, the plan still has to be fluid enough, not set in stone. So as the economy changes, as interest rates changes, as your life changes, as your health changes, as tax code changes, it has to be fluid enough to adjust to those surprises. So you address them by the planning process, but then you just stay on top of them and say, okay, I just got to make some minor tweaks because I truly have a plan rather than have to blow up the whole thing and be like, oh, this all this took me by surprise. If you've actually kind of built that into your plan, you just need a little bit of wiggle room to kind of tweak to stay on track rather than kind of, you know, toss the whole thing and start from scratch. Yeah. Wiggle room is good, right? Being flexible is good. We want to have strategies. We want to have plans, but we also don't want to just think, you know, chisel it in stone and toss it in the filing cabinet either. So life's going to throw curveballs. We got to be ready to kind of hit those as well. So Mike, right, that's going to do it this week. We're going to skip the email this time around because we're up against the clock and, but we'll get back to those questions. So submit your own if you'd like. Reach out to the team. Uh, of course, if you've got those questions or concerns and find them online at crystallaketax.com and talk with the team there. Mike's got two plus decades of experience helping people get to and through retirement. He's got a great team built there that can help you out with questions that you may have. He's got a CPA, enrolled agent, paralegal, all on staff. So they've got kind of everything there under one roof. So reach out to him. Find him online, crystallaketax.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform app you like using, like Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. My friend, thanks for hanging out and good luck with your bracket. Oh, yep. I'm penciling in North Carolina and creating in the final right now. <laughs> All right, my friend, I'll see you in a couple of weeks right here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Source. The Retirement Income Source and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities.